0: Well, good morning, church. We're so glad to see you again this morning. It's an odd time, um, but we are doing the best that we can to make things as normal as possible on a Sunday morning. We are excited and thankful that you are set aside time at home with your family to do church with us. I want to invite you uh, during this time to grab your Bible and look at your word um, together as a family and read it together. This is an important time that you have with your family. So read it together with each other. I'm going to pause so you can read it out loud with each other. So grab your Bible and open up to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. And we're only going to cover two verses today. Uh, just a quick devotional this morning. I'm going to share this, this passage with you. And I'm sure as soon as I say the verses, you're going to know everything about it. You've heard about it. You've, you've seen many messages about it. Um, I'm probably not going to share anything new to you, but I just felt like um, after a conversation I had with a friend of mine who's out of state, it kind of hit me about this passage. And I just wanted to share it with you this morning. So look at Romans chapter 12, look at verse 1 and 2. I'm going to pause just for a few minutes so you can read it to your family out loud. So Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. All right, let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for loving us, for blessing us. Thank you for your word of how true it is. We thank you so much for the time that we have with our families, get to hang out with each other, get to spend time with each other. And Lord, I love this, that we get to read your word together, get to have church together. We were just led in a beautiful time of worship by Joel. And Father, I thank you so much that you love us, that you care for us, that you haven't abandoned us that you're here right beside us. Lord, we're gonna go into the time of studying your word. I pray that you would teach us what you want us to have in our life, that we would leave this time a different person. We love you, Lord. We thank you so much for your blessings. And it's your name we pray, amen. Looking at Romans chapter 12, verse one, I'm gonna read it and I'm just gonna just share with you what I shared with my friend out of state. He said, it says this, verse one, "'Therefore I urge you, brothers,' In the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, this is your spiritual act of worship. You know, when you read, read that passage, wherever you see the word "therefore," you know what to say. You've heard it a thousand times. When you see the word "therefore," you ask the question: What is? Why is it therefore? So the question is: Why did Paul start verse one with "therefore"? Well. It it lets you know that the first 11 chapters, chapter 1 through 11, are very important because chapters 1 through 11 talk about the mercies of God in great detail. And I just want to list a couple of things that that how it describes God's mercy. Love, grace, faith, power, eternal life, hope, peace, kindness, honor, and security. And there's many, many more from chapter 1 to chapter 11 that Paul talks about this is, this is how God showed mercy to us. And I am so thankful for those mercies. So Paul says, therefore, in light of all those mercies that we talked about in chapter one through 11, I want you to I urge you, brothers, on something. And the word urge, I love it. It's, it's a picture of Paul coming beside you. And he puts his arm around you and he says, brother, listen, I, I love you. And I just want to beg you to do something. I want to encourage you to do something. And the reason he's begging and encouraging is that he loves them. This is a very loving statement. I urge you, I beg you. Why why is he begging them? Because I I think it's this. Paul knows what a fully obedient follower of Jesus Christ looks like. And he's looking at these brothers and he's saying, brothers, listen, you're missing out. You're missing out. I I just wanna come beside you. I wanna beg you. I wanna plead with you. I wanna urge that, that you fully understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And I don't want you to be missing out. I love you too much for you to miss out. So he says, therefore, I urge you, brothers. Now, before we get into the passage, this is exclusively for followers of Jesus Christ. This isn't about salvation. This is about earning, not about earning salvation. This is to brothers. You see, to come to Christ costs nothing. I can come to Christ and it not cost me anything that Jesus Christ did everything for me, that he died on the cross to pay for my sins and all I had to do is accept. It didn't cost me anything. But for me to be obedient and a follower of Jesus Christ, it does cost me something for me to be a follower of him. And here's Paul sitting down with these guys. And he says, guys, listen, I love you and I don't want you to miss out anymore. And I urge you, I beg you, my brothers, my brothers in Christ, I beg you on something. In view of all these mercies that I've been talking about, how God loves you and he showed grace on you and that he honors you, that he's made you an heir, that he's provided security, that he's provided eternal life. In light of all that, all those beautiful mercies, this is what you need to do. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Now that picture is that you're freely giving it. Offer is that you come and you just lay it at Jesus' feet, not holding onto it, that you just lay it at his feet. You see, in the Old Testament, from time and time again, there's a sacrifice that had to be made, an animal sacrifice. And the animal that they sacrificed was dead. There's a big difference between a sacrifice in the New Testament and the sacrifice in the Old Testament. The Old Testament sacrifices were dead. New Testament sacrifices, they were alive. You see, Jesus was our ultimate sacrifice. And what did he do on the cross? He came up on the cross, and he was alive. He wasn't dead. He was alive. Ultimately, it led to his death but he freely gave up his life. So Paul's talking to these brothers. He says, listen, guys, listen, you need to offer up your body. You need to freely give it up. You need to climb up onto this altar to sacrifice yourself freely. Because you know what? You're missing out if you don't. He says, in the light of all these mercies, this is what we do. We offer up our bodies as a living sacrifice, that we're alive, we're living, and what this, this paints the picture is that today, you do it. An hour, you do it. Next week, you do it. You're doing it constantly because we're constantly living. So Paul sets them side He says, guys, listen, I love you. I, I don't want you to miss out anymore. In light of God's mercy, this is what we ought to do. We ought to do this, offer your body as a living sacrifice. You see, if we don't, we're looking at God's mercy and going, thank you very much for the God's mercy. I appreciate everything that you've shown me. Thank you for the eternal life. Thank you for hope. Thank you for security. Thank you for all that you've given me. But that's just where it's gonna stop. Uh, just, just, I appreciate your mercy. I don't wanna do anything else. But Paul sits down with these guys and says, guys, listen, in light of all that Jesus did for us, the least that we could do is offer our bodies up as a living sacrifice. And it says that it's holy and pleasing to God that God receives it. He looks at it and he says, baby, I'm so proud of you. Thank you so much. That honors me. I receive it. It is well-pleasing to me. Thank you so much. I, I, I love that you've given your life up to, to follow me. That honors me. That pleases me. Says this is your spiritual act of worship. That really what it's kind of saying is this, is that that's the reasonable thing to do. I mean, it's just reasonable that we, we give ourselves up We have a um, desire, we have a decision to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice to God because of everything that he's done for us. It's just a logical thing to do. This is your spiritual act of worship. You see, it's not my decision for you to do it. It's not your husband's decision. It's not your wife's decision. It's not your mom and dad's decision. This comes down to you. Here's a personal choice. Are you willing to allow your life to be a living sacrifice? Are you willing in light of God's mercy to say, you know what, God, thank you so much for blessing me and giving me all the security and love and grace and patience and hope. Thank you so much for that. And in light of all that, the least I could do is give my life back to you and be a living sacrifice. That I could take that to Kroger. I could take that to work. I could take that into my home. I could be a living sacrifice for you. That's the minimum that I can do. Verse two, says this, do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, I love this picture, guys. Listen to me. This is so cool. Going through Kroger, I went shopping the other day and there was bread that was a few loaves that were there. There was just a little bit of milk, no chocolate milk. There's no... um, uh, paper products, it's all this stuff that's going on. But I go to check out and guess what? Was full. Right there at the cashier, the fullest thing was all the magazines. So I just stood there and I started watching and I started reading all the magazines and the, the magazines of beauty. And this is what you need to have to make yourself beautiful. This is what you need to have in your house to make it look nice. This is what you need to have health wise to be great and physically fit and, and for people to, to like you and appreciate you. And I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, wow, we we have grown up in a society that has told us exactly how to act, how to be, what to look like. And the scripture here paints a picture of this pattern, this pattern of this world. But it goes on and it kind of describes it. it, I, I love how it describes it as a mask too. Dig it into the word of the pattern. It, it, it says it's kind of like a mask that we put on. This mask that we uh, we form ourselves into this pattern of the world. That we become like the world. That we have this pattern that we keep falling into, and everywhere we go, we get shoved right in the face of this is the pattern. This is how you should live. This is how you should look. He says, "Do not conform any longer." To the pattern of this world. You see, if I was sitting down with Paul, I feel like he would look at me and say, and say these words You've been doing it. I've seen it in your life. Like, I don't want you to do it any longer, which means I've seen it. I've seen you, you doing what the world wants you to do. I've seen how you have kind of patterned your life after the world. I've seen it in you. Brother, let me tell you, don't do that anymore. You see, in 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, it, it tells us who the prince of this earth is, who the world is. So when we are pattering ourselves after the world, who are we really pattering ourselves after? Jesus or Satan? I know that sounds really harsh. I know that sounds very um, in your face. But I want to kind of just challenge you on something. Church in America has changed. Church in America has changed so much that... Everything is about me. It's about what I get. You see, growing in your faith isn't about what you get. Growing in your faith is really about what you give. You see, we're always wanting to, let let me hear the the latest teacher. Let let me go hear the greatest speaker because I want to get something from them. I want to go to this church because they have great music. It really moves me. Now, I've heard and and I've talked to people that do this. That church has become a smorgasbord. That they go to this church on Sunday morning. They go to this church for small group. They go to this church on Wednesday night. They go to the different church for Sunday night. And then they follow all the blogs and all this kind of stuff. And they're just trying to get, 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 get. Can I tell you something? Getting is not going to get you to Jesus. Getting is not going to make you grow in your faith. You know what's going to grow in your faith? Giving. You see, when you come into a church and you join a fellowship, your mentality isn't, hey, what can I get from here? Um, Your mentality is, hey, this is my family. What can I give? You see, Jesus paints this beautiful picture here with Paul through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Paul paints this out to us and he says this, this to us. Listen, stop trying to always get. You need to offer your body as a sacrifice. Don't have the mentality that you're always getting. You need to give. And you need to stop acting like the world. Don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed to the renewing of your mind. You know, to be transformed, to be renewed, it's a beautiful picture of a renovation. You buy an old house, and we have all these channels on TV, HGTV about how people buy these old houses and they renovate them and they're beautiful. They do a great job. This is what what Paul is describing here. You need to be renovated. You need to be transformed. There's some renovation that needs to happen in your life. That the renovation starts in your mind. Well, what does that mean? Some of us, including myself, allow our mind to tell us who we are, to describe who we are, to define who I am. And we have allowed the, our mind to to paint a picture of who we are, and it puts us sometime in a dark place. Well, where do those come from? Where do those thoughts come from? It comes from the world. You see, when I find myself putting myself down, that is not of God. It is not of God. When I find myself ridiculing myself and being hurtful to myself, that's not of God. Don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world but you need to have a drastic change. You need to have a makeover. Then it says, then you'll be able to test and approve what is God's will, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I'm very simple-minded. So I love application. When I read something, I wanna know how it applies to me. Here's the application, ready? It starts with this. You wanna grow in your faith, you, you, wanna, you wanna change from being a getter to a giver? You wanna grow in your faith? Starts with this, offer your body as a living sacrifice. Well, question is why? Why would I wanna do that? Or how would I do that? How do I offer my body as a living sacrifice? Starts with this, that you don't conform no longer to the patterns of this world. You, you wanna have your life as a living sacrifice? Look at the areas of your life that you're, conformed to the world. I'm amazed in talking to students how often or how many of them listen to things that they shouldn't be listening to. Moms and dads, we, we give them our, their cell phones and we, you know, as a, as a token of our love and our appreciation to them, we give them these cell phones and the cell phone is nothing but a portal from Satan to them. I mean, it's an access for them to see everything that they would ever want to see. And we give it to them. And we kind of back away and we say, well, they can monitor what they do and what they see. Listen, moms and dads, can I tell you something? You need to step in. I know students, you probably hate me, but you need to unlock your phone. Tell your parents what your code is. Give it to them. Because we are getting so inundated with garbage from the world that we are getting further and further away from a what it looks like to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Husbands, wives, do the same thing. Share your code with your wife. Share your code with your husband. Give it to them. You see, I have nothing to hide on my cell phone. My kids get it all the time and they take pictures and they look at stuff, whatever. Why? Because I have nothing to hide. I can tell you this from experience. What a beautiful feeling of freedom that is. You want to be a living sacrifice? How do you do it? Stop conforming to the pattern of this world. Look for areas of your life that you have become more like the world and less like Jesus. Well, how? How do you do that? You renew your mind. You renew your mind. David said this. He says, I hide your words in my heart so that I may not sin against you. You want to know how you do it? Get into God's word. Read things that are about God, that are growing you, that are teaching you. You wanna, you wanna be a difference maker in your world? It starts with this. So the question is, how do we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice? You don't conform to this world. How? You renew your mind. And why do we do it? Because we wanna be a difference maker. You see, Jesus is looking for people that are difference makers. If you look through all of the Old Testament, all the men and women that God used, they're difference makers. They're willing to do something radical. They were willing to do something dangerous. They're willing to do something for God. And when they did, they were difference makers. I want to be a difference maker. I want to positively impact your life for Jesus Christ. Moms and dads, I want you to be a positive uh, person in your kids' life, that you would be a difference maker in their life. Kids, I want you to be a positive difference maker in your school, within your family. Well, how do we do it? It starts with this. Be a living sacrifice. Be a living sacrifice. You know, this passage is very familiar to all of us, and we've read it hundreds of times you've seen many, many messages. But I want you to apply it to your life. A friend of mine called me and he said this question to me. He said, It seems like the more I get of God, the less I grow in his faith, in my faith. The more I get of God, the less I grow in my faith. Passage popped in my mind. Because he had the mentality that if I get, then I grow. So I challenged him with this and I want to, I want to leave it with, this, with you this, this morning on this, t- and on this thought. Stop having the mentality of getting. Have the mentality of giving. There's areas of your life that you need to give up. You need to sacrifice those. Why? Because I want you to be a difference maker. You see, I said at the beginning that to come to Christ doesn't cost you anything that Jesus loves you so very much, that Jesus cared for you so very much that he was willing to to be born, to live a sinless life, but to die on the cross to pay for your sins. I heard a guy once say, if, if the Roman guards didn't come and they didn't physically drag Jesus to the cross and nail him to the cross, that he would have done it himself, that he would have crawled up on the cross himself and nailed his own self to the cross because he loves us that much that he was willing to die for you. But I love this fact too, that he loved you so much that he wasn't willing to stay in the grave, that he rose from the dead and he is alive today. He wants to pay for your sins. He wants to give you a free gift. My challenge is that you accept it. I want you to accept that free gift. But if I was sitting with you, like Paul did with his friends here, Kind of picture him just sitting beside you, putting his arm around you and says, now that you are a follower of Christ, I beg you, I don't want you to miss out. I want you to be a fully devoted follower of Christ. I want you to be a living sacrifice. I, th- I think you should do that. I think you need to push to do that because of all the mercies that God has shown you. You need to, conf- you need to kind of see what's going on in your mind. Maybe you need to stop conforming to what the world tells you you should say, do, eat, be like. Maybe you need to think about how God wants you to be like. Start putting his word in you and let it start to transform you. Because when that happens, you're gonna be a difference maker. Listen, we love you. We care for you. And I'm telling you, we miss you so very much. I've enjoyed the correspondence with many of you through texts and emails. We miss you. We can't wait to see you come back. We're praying for you, praying for the health of you and your family, and we pray that as we go through this process, that we're growing in our faith. And when we're growing in our faith, we are going to be difference makers in our community. God bless you. We love you. And have a great Sunday.